Welcome to Reteach, a place where professors know that student equity gaps can be closed and are willing to put in the work to figure it out. We are dedicated to our teaching and our students. We are passionate about improving our classrooms and our communities. We can make a difference. We will make a difference. I am your host, Bruce Hoskins, and my mind and heart are ready to learn. So what's up, everyone? So hey, this episode on final cumulative exams is going to be my final episode for the fall season. Um, I have finally, I've decided that I'm going to split it up this way. And, um, and so there'll be a fall season and then there'll be a spring season, right? And um, and so the next episode that you'll hear after this is going to come Thursday. Um, I still like Thursdays. Um, it works really well for me and hopefully it works really well for you. Um, it'll be Thursday, January 23rd. Um, honestly, it's just because that, you know, the week before that, that's when I, we come back to school and I don't want to hit anybody with any new things during the first week of school. And so I'll wait uh, one week before I give you the new stuff. Right. So anyway, so let's talk about these final cumulative exams and I'm going to back this up because I said this uh, before and I will say this again and I will say this to my dying day. And I and I mean it when I say it, that final cumulative exams are an abomination to learning. Hopefully I said it like that. I didn't do a, a check, but I'm, I'm fairly confident I said learning, not teaching necessarily. They're not an abomination to teaching because they very well may be a reason for us to have to do a final cumulative exam. Um, however, when it comes to learning, student learning, I would argue that this is an abomination. This this does not promote student learning the material. OK, and here's the deal is that we actually know this. We actually know this just from our own experiences and whatnot. But this is what the research says. Research says that if you um, have a standard, you know, multiple, you know, let's say 100 multiple choice cumulative final or something like that. And that the student, they, they spent all this time studying for this. After they take the exam 24 hours later, if they don't study anymore, right. And you gave them that same basic exam is that they will have dropped 50% of the, the knowledge that they, you know, of the things that they had remembered within 24 hours, they will have dropped 50%. Now for some folks, it'll be more. For other folks, it'll be less. But the idea, though, right, what the research is saying is that, look, if, if this is your, your style or this is your thing, please don't expect students to remember what, you know, they jammed into their head, what they crammed into their head um, while they're doing this cumulative final. Because 24 hours later, they will have dropped 50%, about 50% of what it is that they crammed into their head. Now, here's the deal. Um, the same research, it said, okay, so what do you, what percentage do you expect them to remember a year later? And like the percentage is like, like less than 1%. They will remember less than 1% of what it is that you um, had them cram into their head. And so this is, this is me saying, and, 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 you know, and making the statement of saying that cumulative finals are an abomination to learning, not necessarily teaching, but to learning. And now let's think about this, um, you know, from an equity perspective is that poor students, because let's think about this. Why do we do cumulative finals? Well, I don't know why you do a cumulative final, but I'm just saying it's like, because what we know about cumulative finals is that it takes a lot more time to prepare for a cumulative final. 
It just does. And it's like, you know, if, if a regular test takes two hours to study for in your class, then a cumulative final is going to take probably anywhere between like six hours to eight to 10 hours, depending on how, how deep you roll on your cumulative final um, and how much guidance you give to the students on that cumulative final. And so then I have a question for you. If you know it takes more time to study for a cumulative final, then who do you think you affect? Well, you affect people that don't have a whole bunch of time. And that, again, comes back to the student who's working, the lower socioeconomic student who has to work. Now, remember, most students are working. Most students are working. However, poor students have to work. And so when you construct a final where they're studying anywhere between three to six times more than what they would normally study um, in a week, well, now you've just affected you you've affected how much time they have to study, right? And so not only that, but here we are, and this is the reason why I'm picking on finals, right? A cumulative test, or you know, if you wanted to do it in in the middle of the semester or something like that, well, that's kind of a hit or miss type of situation. But when it comes to finals, well. All of us are giving finals also, all at the same time. And so if you have a cumulative final and this student is taking four classes and all four of these classes have cumulative finals, well, now you've just multiplied their entire workload by you know a factor of three or six or however much it is. And my question to you is, is that what we're trying to do? Are we trying to make poor students who are dependent on their jobs? Are we trying to inhibit their progress? Because to me, right, this is not necessarily about teaching or it's not about learning, right? It's not, that's, doing a cumulative final doesn't have, I would argue, doesn't have anything to do with student learning, but it might be something that you need to teach. And so, and to separate these two things out. So this really does break down into why is it that you would, have a cumulative final, right? If the idea is that you, you're going to make this, because clearly what we're doing is we're making it harder, right? We're making the end of the semester harder. And my, my question always comes back to, is there a purpose and a reason for that? If there is purpose and there is reason to knock yourself out, make it happen, do that thing. But if there's not a purpose and a reason, that's where we have to come back and we have to think about what is it are we doing that's creating these inequities and you know disproportionately impacting certain groups of people, right? We have to come back to that space. Why are we making this harder when it doesn't have to be harder if, if, if the goal is about student learning? It doesn't have to be harder. It doesn't have to be harder in order for students to learn. But sometimes it does have to be harder in order to teach something, right? We, need, we might have to teach something. And so then the time that it is wholly appropriate to me in order to have a, a cumulative final is when you're preparing them for a test that is like this, if you would. And so here's, here's an example. I didn't explain that very well. But if you're, if you're in a class, if you're teaching the SAT, then yes, the students should have to take an SAT in order to prepare for the SAT type of deal. Like, right. And so, and so if you're, um, I hear about this in, in like nursing or something like that, it's like, well, there's a test, there's a, there's a cumulative test that they have to pass, right. Multiple choice tests that they have to pass in order to be able to, uh, get into nursing. 
and not only get into nursing, but also to, I think it's to get their degree or something like that or the final thing. Um, but that is some cumulative test or whatever. Well, it's like, okay, well then you need to teach them how to take that test. You are you right. Hopefully that actually makes sense. You need to teach them how to take that test. If that's the goal, I would argue, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll argue with, you know, whoever it is I need to argue with to say, that's not the best way to measure what students know and how they and what they've learned. However, if that's your bar, if you have this cumulative test or whatever that 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 has to be prepared for, then by all means, by all means, prepare your students for that test. Right. By all means. However, again, I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to keep coming back to this. If if the reason why you have a cumulative final is to you know, to try to make them remember it. Well, that the research I already told you, it's like that, that's not what's going to happen. You're not going to make students remember anything by making it harder for them at the end when they're jamming all this stuff into their heads. Um, they're not going to remember any of that. Right. It's like, they're going to remember very little of that. Um, if your rationale as to why you're doing this is because you went through it, well then come on now. This is why you listening to reteach in the first place, right? Is to say is like, yo, that's that's just because I went through it doesn't mean that other people have to go through it, right? It's like, I mean, think about how ridiculous that is when you actually put that to the test. It's like because I went through it and I learned from it, then that means everyone should go through it. It's like, well, then that means that, I mean, shoot, that means that people should go through slavery in order to learn what slavery is about. And that means that people should um, have their you know genitals mutilated in order to uh, have them understand and get to these. No, no, that doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen um, that way. We can do better. That's why we do what we do. That's why you're listening to me, hopefully, and helping me uh, become better and do better things in a classroom, right? And so anyway, and so poor students to me is like, that's that's the low-hanging fruit. But the other parts of this is that, you know, we're, we're, we're also... Um, doing a disservice to students with alternative learning styles. Remember, I don't like using the word learning disabilities, but so so then, you know, students with alternative learning styles, you're making things really hard um, on them, right? Um, and so, you know, that's that's part of the drill. And, um, and then students with test anxiety, right? And it's like, whether this is diagnosable or not and everything, it's like we just, we're literally amping up their anxiety uh, during this space. And, you know, I know, like I said, a lot of folks is like, well, I went through the same thing. And so therefore, and it's like, look, I'm not saying that uh, making things harder doesn't benefit folks at times. What I'm saying is, is that making things harder doesn't necessarily promote student learning, right? Not only that, but I don't think that people really think about like the fact that a lot of students, especially community college students, they go through a lot of K through 12 trauma, that they've been traumatized by the K through 12 system. And so then they're not just taking this test, that they're they're literally reliving their past when they're taking this test. And when they don't do well, it's, you know, a reaffirmation, if you would, of of all the negative things that they took um, and they took on, uh, you know, they've been socialized to in the K through 12 system. And so I really, really, really want us to get back to a space where we appreciate and understand that just because we went through it ourselves, it doesn't mean we have to put our students through it. And just by making something harder, it doesn't mean that they're going to remember anything better. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to remember more or whatever. Um, as a matter of fact, they'll probably learn. As a matter of fact, they will learn less. They will learn less by doing this. And so then what can we do about this, 
right? And so, look, I'm going to keep coming. But do, you, do you really need a cumulative final? Do you really need that? Right. So if the answer is yes, because you're preparing them for some standardized test that they're going to take on later on. Well, that's that's that is what it is. I can't do anything about that. But if you're if if not, then why not just have a regular test? Right. I mean, if you got, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, you got 12 chapters to cover in a semester and why not have the last test just cover the last three chapters? You know, you split it up into four, you know, exams or whatnot. Why not just have the last exam be representative of what you've been doing throughout the whole semester? Why not? I'm just just throwing that out there. And however, look, I will, I'll tell you this is that if you're going to do that method, then um, then you don't want to design your class around dropping an exam. Right. It's like, you know, when you're when you design a class around dropping an exam, you know, that's a lot of ways that we want to try to help students with their grades and, you know, and to try to increase that student success is dropping an exam. I get that. Right. But think about that. Right. If you don't have a cumulative final, um, then dropping an exam means that they didn't have to, like, study a whole section of the class um, and whatnot in, in order to be able to, to still pass. And that's not the goal. The goal is still learning. Right. It's like we still want students to learn. And so, right. Think about that. It's like if you don't want to have a cumulative final, then you need to then you need to, to have a different structure on grading. Um, that, or I would argue that you don't, that you don't want a, a structure on grading where you drop uh, an exam because, uh, you know, of the consequences uh, of that space where they literally wouldn't have to even study or be in class for that. However, you know, that section, uh, if you would. And so that's something uh, to think about, right? It's like, if you're, if you're going to not have a cumulative final, this is a design issue, right? This is a design issue, right? And so then, um, also, um, how many points are you putting on this on this final, right? And so if you, I mean, think about it. So not only are you going to put in a cumulative final, but then you like, and and then we uh, double, if not triple, the point value of this versus the other exams. And it's like, and so this is now again way more anxiety for what? It's always going to come back down to what? Like what for what? Why are we doing this? And so then for me, if you're going to put a higher value on it, like I said, you, have, you just have to do everything on purpose and with purpose. If you put a higher v- point value on it, I put put a higher point value on my final uh, also. And so I don't want you thinking that I don't do certain things. I just want us to think about what is it that we do and why we're doing it. And so I put a higher point value, but I'm doing that in order to try to make sure that I'm either that I help the students uh, on their grade, because since I have I, in my stats class, I have like eight exams. And so and so I try to. So what I'm doing is I want the final to be able to affect their grade by one letter grade. So that's why I'm uh, putting more points into that space. Um, I want to. So if they do really well, I want their grade to be able to come up. But then also, if they do really poorly, I want their grade to come down. And so then lastly, I want to talk about just a different type of cumulative final, okay? Because this is something that I now do in my introduction to sociology class, and that is I give them, um, it's it's a take-home essay, and the question that I ask them is, tell me three things, the most important three things that you learned in this class. Now, here's the deal. Before anyone gets themselves all bent out of shape is that I remember... Like, so if you're questioning the validity of like having them do this, right? It's like, because remember, I focus on 
And I want us to focus on student learning. Like, what did they learn, right? Versus, do they remember what I taught them? It's a very different model, right? Think about that. And just saying, it's like this this, this model of focusing on students' learning, well, it should cause us to do different things in the classroom, right? And this is one of them, is that my final is literally just a name the three most important things that you learned in the class. And I tell them, look, you know what? When I was going in graduate school, there were four questions that I had to do over a weekend. And um, and one of those questions, right, was, well, tell me what you think is important. Tell me what's the most important thing in race and ethnicity for people to understand from your perspective. And so I really feel like there's a lot of value in just getting students just to reflect on what it is that they learn or what is it that they think is important. And so that's me. And I'm saying when you do this, it essentially becomes a cumulative final, right? Because they literally can pull from any of their experiences throughout the semester. And so that's part of it. Now, of course, there's students that really just focus on the last few things that they learned and and, and whatnot. Um, But but most students, most of my students actually go all the way back to the beginning in order to talk about the sociological imagination, in order to talk about how race and racism affects and sexism affects our our interactions with each other. And they'll they'll do things like that versus just focusing on the last things, uh, which talk about like education and family and, and whatnot, which is that's not a bad thing. It just it just is. And so in giving them that leeway, they will go all the way back to at the beginning versus me saying, hey, the sociological imagination important and and constructing a final that makes sure, you know, that that they learn that. It's like, look, if I've done my job correctly, which I feel like feel strongly that I have, um, there's no way that they're not using their sociological imagination by the end of the semester. And so I don't feel any need for them to remember that phrase um, for the rest of their lives, if you would. What I want them to do is remember the technique and to remember what we learned and remember what they've learned through their whole life, right? Um, and whatnot. And so that's why I asked the question the way that I do. And with a question like that, you need to help students out because some of them really want structure. And that's that's my biggest critique. I'm going to let you all know it was like the biggest critique from from certain students, not all of them, not, nowhere close to all students. Most the vast majority of students, they really, you know, to whatever degree, they appreciate my style. Um, but there's some students who want and need structure. And so I was like, I love that. So I tell them, it's like, hey, you know what? If you if you want to answer this in the most straightforward way possible, pick three concepts and, uh, you know, pick three concepts that we talk about in class and or in textbook and just give me examples of what's uh, what is it that was important to you and why that was important to you. Right. And so that's that's the, you know, the most straightforward way. But I also tell them it's like, OK, so that's the stand that's a standardized way of answering that. But, you know, if the most important thing that you learned in my class was about poetry, because I have a class, it was like we do a lot of poems in my class, then talk about that. Right. Um, if the most important thing was this, you know, certain workshops that I did in class or certain activities that I did in class or, you know, things like that, then that's what winds up being to me like it's like, cool. Well, you learned something. You did learn something and it was valuable. And look, it happened in a sociological context. Right. That's that's the space that I keep on trying to get us back to. Uh, right. Is that analyzing your social world, understanding that what you learned is valuable and, you know. 
and just telling me what is it that you learned and um and look the vast majority of people are answering about things and it's like it's all things that they learned in class and these are things that they felt is valuable and so that's why this is of value to me right um and is why it's valid in regards to uh, a grading system and whatnot and so then you know so when we think about cumulative finals can we think about them differently? Can you do something like that? I, well, I don't know. I don't know what your discipline is. I don't know what the, the rigor is of it or, you know, the, the requirements, I should say, not rigor. Because this is hard. Like, they still have to write an essay. They still have to be reflective and all of this stuff. But it, it, it may sound easy. But if they do, if they've been, you know, participating, participating throughout the semester, then all of a sudden this is like a, a space where they get to summarize and wrap up everything that they've they've learned versus me trying to dictate to them what they should have learned. Um, hopefully that makes sense. But that's really, really it is a, a different model. Right. It's in regards to like teaching, focusing on teaching students something versus focusing on what students have learned. So this is pretty much all I have for cumulative finals. You know, hopefully you learned something um, in all of this stuff. If you've been, you know, listening to every single one of these episodes, I really appreciate that. Um, I know some people want to get caught up and everything. And so because uh, remember, this is I'm taking a break um, and I will come back Thursday, January 23rd. And, you know, just to, to foreshadow what's what's coming, you know, in this in the spring season is to make sure it's like, you know, of course, I'm going to talk about student equity because that's what we're doing here. I'm going to make sure that I do some episodes regarding um, how teachers of color have affected my life. Um, but in the same way that I've did, you know, how white teachers have affected my life, I'm going to definitely do how people of color um, have uh, affected my life. I'm definitely going to go more into, you know, classroom design and connecting all of this stuff. I really want to spend some time focusing on how teaching philosophy um, manifests itself into teaching technique um, and whatnot. Another thing that I'm going to make sure I do is talk about uh, creative assignments. That's something that I'm actually really surprised that I didn't cover in the first season, um, in the fall season. And so I'm going to make sure that I do that because I do a lot of creative uh, projects. Um, I allow, I should say, uh, for creative projects in class. And so, and then I also have, you know, poems. I, I actually have students write poems um, in my intro class. And so, um, like I said, I'm really surprised that I didn't do that in the first season, but um, I'll make sure I do that. And then lastly, I want to bring in some more interviews, um, you know, some 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 folks to, to give us some different perspectives. And um, I'm definitely going to bring in folks uh, from the STEM field to talk about things that that we can all do in order to affect student equity. Uh, because, you know, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, I had a little dust up in regards to me offending some STEM folks um, and whatnot. But but good things actually happen when that group and I, we talk with each other and some really good things, really positive things happen in that space. And I want to share that uh, through the podcast and everything and, and make sure that people understand. It's like, look, I'm not picking on on anyone. I just want us uh, to, to, to get better at teaching and to really use student equity as a lens to look through, uh, to look at our teaching in order to try to help as many of our students as we possibly can. And so anyway, um, that's all I got for this, this episode. That's all I got for this season. Um, I will check you back out on Thursday, January 23rd. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of reteach. If you want to learn more about me, or my open source introduction to sociology textbook, please go to brucehoskins.com. 
In closing, I want to leave us all with a question. If you learned something today that you think would help close your student equity gaps, how long will it take to incorporate this into your classroom? A year? A semester? Next month? Today? No matter the timetable, we must commit ourselves to becoming better teachers. Our students deserve it. All of them. Not just the ones that are good already. 